Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Some Pharisees came, and to test Jesus, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I almost didn't read this Gospel text this morning. It's a text that has been used to shame people, who have been divorced. It's been used to persuade people to remain in harm-filled relationships so they will not violate the sanctity of marriage. But I read it because I think the assigned texts of the lectionary ask us to look at texts we don't like and ask why we have them, and what is God saying to us through them. My colleague, Pastor Shimoda, who's been divorced, encouraged us as preachers to remember that the people who are heading toward divorce, in court about divorce, Managing custody in court, learning a new and painful normal after the court appearances are over, missing their children, or figuring out the financial consequences of divorce, are exhausted and grieving. They may feel ashamed. They are definitely disappointed. They're not confused about how much better it would be to live the lifelong faithful relationship they promised the day they walked down the aisle. They wanted that, and it died. So as with any other death, we don't pretend it hasn't happened. 
We don't avoid speaking about it. And we don't blame the ones who are living with its repercussions. What Jesus says in this text is that we are created for relationship and partnership. And Jesus asks us not to destroy the unity we've been given. And as Pastor Shimoda told us, he's not wrong. And if we were perfect, we would obey and live abundantly. And in our imperfection, we try to obey. But we aren't perfect. And we do destroy the unity we've been given. And so, as he does with every grieving, exhausted, shocked, and disappointed one of his children, Jesus takes divorced parents and their children in his arms, lays hands on them, and blesses them. I think that's good news for us all. For every one of us who is grieving, exhausted, shocked, or disappointed. For any reason. Don't we all want to be held in the hands of God and blessed? Don't we all want the assurance of God's love for us? At the center of Psalm 8, the psalmist asks God, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? It's a question most of us have probably asked God at some point. Who am I that you care for me? We witness the handiwork in all creation, stargazing, searching out waterfalls, or catching a glimpse of a rainbow in the fingers of a newborn or the wisdom stories of an elder. And often, when we come face to face with the glory and majesty of what God has created, we feel small, like we'll be swallowed up by the strife and power of the world that surrounds us. But we won't. We are not here by mere chance. God desired to make us in God's image and created us to be in relationship with God. We are wholly desired by God, just as we are. And not only that, but God now entrusts us with the responsibility to care for the rest of creation. The psalmist says, we've been given dominion over the works of your hands. But dominion isn't power for its own sake. It isn't physical might that can intimidate and coerce. Instead, God calls us to take responsibility to care for the rest of creation. The challenge is to bear that responsibility with humility, to recognize that we are not God. But every day, we are entrusted with what is dear to God's heart. We know what failure looks like from Adam to Saul to Judas 
There have been any number of leaders who turned away from God's will out of selfishness and conceit. Even David, to whom so many of the Psalms are attributed, was flawed. But God never loses sight of us. And when we fall down, God picks us up, holds us, and blesses us. Trusting God's intention for us and for all creation, may we watch for the ways that God entrusts the care of others to us and strive to bring the good news to the people we meet. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for creating us and loving us wholly as we are. Thank you for entrusting us with the care for all you hold dear and forgiving us when we fail, for your abundant mercy when we fall down. Guide us by your Holy Spirit and give us wisdom and an understanding of the care you ask us to provide. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.